to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. I'm very happy today that I have a fellow entrepreneur in the studio with me today. I got Brent Henderson. He is the founder and CEO of Party Tutor. So if you are a UCF student, I know that you know what Party Tutor is all about. And I wanted to bring him on the show because sometimes your dream job is not working for somebody else, but it's about creating your dream job. And so that's why I'm very excited to have Brent with me here today. And Brent, for people that don't know you, I know that your brand, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about yourself and your company? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, so I went to UCF in 2008 and graduated with a degree in finance and marketing. But before I had uh, before I graduated, you know, going into my junior year, I had an internship with a finance firm, and I thought that I was going to be going down that track of maybe becoming an accountant. Yeah. And uh, through that internship uh, and just in that kind of nine to five company culture, I really couldn't really breathe in that environment. So fortunately, that experience made me realize that, you know, maybe there's a different path for me than, than going down the path that most of my friends were going down. And, and that's when I really got into looking at entrepreneurship uh, as an option for me. And so kind of made a goal while I was in college to start a business by the time I graduated and was able to end up starting Party Tutor, which is which was at the time mostly a an app that would aggregate all the specials and deals and events happening around campus and um, was able to launch that and uh, get it started and get it going and was able to pursue it after I had graduated full time. So you've been doing this for about seven years now. Tell us a little bit about how the idea got started and, you know, when you decided to that you were going to do this full time, how was the first six months out of college? Yeah, so I um, I had the idea came about. I had spent an entire fall semester after that internship trying to come up with an idea. And I started investing in uh, reading books and, and learning about the internet and I mean Blackberry was the most popular smartphone at the time so things were changing really quickly and new opportunities were arising and fortunately we're living in a time where we have Google to look to look up anything we want to know and so even if you don't know how to start a business you can figure that out Um, but it took me a whole semester to come up with a good idea and it was essentially I was living in a fraternity house on campus and I was looking to go out with friends and um, some people were checking Facebook events. Some t- people were checking, uh, texting bartenders to find out what was going on. And I'm like, well, why isn't there a smartphone app now that we've all got smartphones that centralizes all that information into one easy-to-use app? And so I had a, it was definitely an epiphany, an aha moment. And um, business ideas come in different ways. For me, it was that kind of all of a sudden, wow, this thing could be really useful for people. And so I ended up basically dr- building my dream app as a college student. And... Um, and was able, you know, it didn't take off as quickly as I thought it would, but I learned pretty quickly that I needed to, to do a lot of guerrilla marketing and really hustle to, you know, it's not one of those situations where if you build it, they will come, even if it's a great idea. So it took a lot of persistence and, you know, doing things outside of, you know, going to class 
uh, kind of balancing both so that I could get it to a point where I could pursue it full time. That's very interesting. And so one of the things that you said, um, you had an idea and one, one thing is I know that ideas, you know, come and go. Like for me, I had multiple ideas, but one thing I've learned in business is that an idea is one thing. The execution part is another thing. So walk us through the point where you had the idea and what it really took to get your idea into an actual business. So, so Mark Cuban wrote a, wrote a book called How to Win at the Sport of Business. And one of the things that he said on coming up with an idea is you need to listen to people whining. So I started to really think about, and it's essentially the problem, you know, you're trying to find a problem. When, you, when you're creating a business, you're solving a problem that someone has. They're hiring you to do a job, essentially. So, you know, right now, Party Tutor is a membership that students are paying for for access to exclusive deals around campus. There, there's over 5,000 students paying us now. They're hiring us to do a job for them, which is to help them live, live out an amazing college experience outside of the classroom. And so, so that was the, the, I was listening to that whining, not only my friends, but myself, and that ultimately led me to that idea. And then the execution of it, um, you know, that's really something, I think that when you have a, a, a big enough why, the how reveals itself. So the execution comes if you're passionate enough about pursuing that and seeing it through to success. And so the execution, you know, isn't necessarily something that you've completely planned out how it's all going to work out to a T. It's something that evolves over time. But as long as you're persistent enough with pursuing that dream, pursuing that business and seeing it through to to its fruition, um, that's how you execute is that that passion that keeps you going. And so has the idea changed over the last seven years or how is your business now different than when it, when you first started? So it was an, I actually had no idea how it would make money when I first started it. So, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to start a business. Um, I think if you create value, you know, business is all about creating value, solving a problem, and you can survive if you can extract monetary value, uh, out of the value that you're creating. So making money with the value that you're creating. And, and some businesses fail, not, not always because it's not a valuable solution that they're bringing, but that they just can't, they can't monetize it, or at least not enough to stay in business and to grow. So the advertising model is how we ended up starting it as a business model. So my first client was I fly indoor skydiving in Orlando. So they pay, it was kind of, it was a really cool feeling to get that first $200 check, you know, to, to actually see that I, something that I created produced some, you know, type of return. It wasn't a lot, but it was something. So I definitely remember that check coming in the mail. And uh, so it has evolved from the advertising model. And ultimately that I didn't find that to be very scalable, certainly not without funding. Um, so I had bootstrapped this the whole time and, and bootstrapping means, you know, I was just reinvesting everything I had into the business instead of bringing on any funding or investors. And, um, now with, with Spotify and Netflix and Amazon prime kind of paving the way for subscription models for consumers to say, you know what, it's actually, my life is going to be more valuable if instead of using products that are advertising and they're free, 
I'm going to start paying for products and they're going to offer way more value to me and that's worth it. And so I think that, that local discovery is going in the same direction. So uh, having consumers pay a monthly fee for access to rewards at every bar and restaurant around you is, is where the future is. And, and so that's what we're building and we're starting that out at the college level. But it was, a, it was a big pivot going from the advertising model to the subscription model, charging one side of the marketplace to the other. Very, very interesting. And so what advice do you have for a student that is currently in college and is debating whether he should go work in a corporate job or start his own business? One of the biggest recommendations I have would be to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That was the book that really enlightened me to understanding those those key differences between an employee, an employer, an entrepreneur, and an investor. And once I clearly was able to visualize those differences, it was a no-brainer for me personally to find a way to start my own business. And uh, I think that in college, it's just really important to experiment with different things. You know, if I didn't have that internship soon enough, I might not have had enough time to start a business in college because it would have been too late. You know, I needed a year and a half um, to be able to get the business making enough to where I could pursue it full time. So I, I wish that I had had an internship maybe sooner so that I could kind of know quick, more quickly that I wanted to get into entrepreneurship. But I think everything happens for a reason. So I'm glad that the timing worked out the way it did. But I think that getting connected with student organizations, like that's one of the big uh, opportunities in college is connecting with other people and you get to meet so many different people in different spheres of life with different interests and so I think you can learn a lot and who knows where those connection connections can lead down the road but getting getting connected in student organizations that 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 where their theme is something that you're passionate about or at least interested in learning more about and and then also you know getting as much experience as you can in the workplace to find out what do you enjoy doing? Um, I think it's important to, f- if you can really hone in on what um, what can you find that you love doing so much that you forget to eat. So once you, if you can find something like that, you're going to be really happy with your work, no matter what direction you go in. So kind of seek that, seek those, seek those opportunities where you're doing something that's that is work, but it feels so fun that you're not even thinking about, you know. Uh, even eating, you know. Yeah, makes sense. You started your business when you still had a year and a half before you graduated? Yes. And so what benefits do students have by starting their business while they're still in college? So there's some huge benefits. Um, one is that w- while you're in college, while you're a 20-something-year-old, you're, you're pretty naive about life and a lot of things and about and especially about how hard it actually is to start a business. And I think you can use that to your advantage because it is really hard to start a business. It takes a lot of work, a lot of dedication, but I mean, the rewards are tremendous and there's just, there's just so little risk in starting a business. And what I mean by that is not that there isn't a large risk of potential failure, but if you quote unquote fail, you can take that experience anywhere. So if, 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 if you start, take the initiative to start a business in college, that says so much about you. And that tells, that allows you to tell a really unique story. If you end up wanting to get a job, it's like, Hey, I tried this thing. Cause you know, I didn't want to just sit around and hang out with my friends in college. I wanted to, to try something new. I'm really, you know, I, I'm, I'm not someone who likes to just uh, to just wait around. I, I go after it and I take initiative. And so I think building those experiences for yourself and building up your own story it allows you to be really differentiated and attractive to whether it's employers or 
uh, if you do end up pursuing that business like I did, um, and every every time you start a business, you gain so much experience that the next time you start it, you're so much more accelerated. So, I, I mean, I can't even, we, we, we would have to have 20 podcasts if we were talking about all the mistakes that I made. Um, but you don't really make a lot of those mistakes twice. So the more you can make mistakes quicker, um, the more you don't have to make those mistakes again, and you're going to be accelerated in your path to success beyond that. So, um, yeah. And, and then the other thing about entrepreneurship in college is that you have such little responsibilities. You do have to, you know, get your grades and everything like that. But once you have a family, once you have a corporate job that's paying you well, it's really hard to walk away from that. So you might not have, it's going to be, it's way easier to make the decision to start a business in college with those few responsibilities that you have um, versus later on, it's going to get harder and harder because the risk is going to seem greater and greater. I can definitely tell you that's 100% true. As your income increases, so does your expenses. And so as you make more money, you start getting used to nicer things, you buy a nicer car, you live in a better place. And once you have those bills at a certain level, it's a lot harder for you to leave and be able to start that business. So when you're a college student and you're living under on a budget of like $15,000, $20,000 a year, it's going to give you a lot more less stress to be able to start that business but let me do ask you a question um in terms of benefits as a student i remember when i was a college student that there was a student um who had he was like a serial entrepreneur who would take one class a semester because of all the benefits that he would get as a student Mm -hmm. um do you know what type of resources most universities have or is that something i'm not sure if you do I actually made a really big mistake when starting my business that I thought it was such a good idea that I was afraid to share it with other people. And so I didn't tap into the entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial resources that UCF had, which was a massive mistake. I mean, when you're starting a business, you need to talk to any and everyone that you possibly can so you can get the feedback so that you accelerate your potential success. Because if you keep all of your ideas to yourself, then you don't get any better and you don't really, you're not really benefiting very many people. So... That's a really important lesson I learned, but I, I think UCF in particular has uh, the launch pad and, and some entrepreneurial resources that are great, and they have coaches, and it's, but it's, it is so great that, that there are a lot of resources that are completely complementary that you can take advantage of. Um, I'm not as, as aware of all the, what those resources are now on college campuses, but I know campuses are usually competing for those uh, extracurricular sort of complementary active you know organizations um and speakers coming in and you should definitely take advantage of that stuff because a lot you know outside of college that that stuff costs money yeah definitely okay so let's talk about the fact if i if a student's listening to this and they love the entrepreneurship route but they themselves don't have an idea and they're interested in working for a startup like maybe their dream job is not necessarily to work for a big fortune 500 corporation but they'd rather be part of a startup and be part of that ride. What can a student do to prepare themselves to be a perfect candidate to be hired by a startup? Definitely, yeah. There's there's two two main things that come to mind. One is that you should build up skills. Skills are how you can add value to any company, but especially a startup, because startups can't really afford to bring people on and then just teach them while that person might not be adding that much value. So, you know, 
if, if you can build skills in Photoshop, if you can learn how to code, if you can uh, really invest in you know, understanding social media and influencer marketing, if you can practice and build these skills and you know, research and learn and experiment and build these skills, that's not, that, that opens doors to any, all types of possibilities because entrepreneurs, especially in the startup scene, you, you wear a lot of hats. Everyone in the company wears a lot of hats and you've got to learn how to adapt and how to build skills and you can't be, um, you're not going to necessarily be taught how to do everything. You've got to be able to self-teach yourself things. And so I think being able to learn things on your own without somebody else telling you how to do it is a really great skill in itself and that's really attractive. The other thing I would say is I think that I think that getting a job with, definitely with a startup, also with a corporate job, is a lot simpler than people think, but it's not easy. So, and I say that because I think most people wait until the job fairs or wait until they're just about to graduate to look for things. And you're not separating yourself at all once you wait that long or once you rely on those opportunities that everyone's kind of putting themselves in. You have to differentiate yourself and separate yourself, and the way that you do that is through taking initiative. I think that, and the reason I say it's it's simple to get a job is because very few pe- what very few people do is take the initiative to reach out to individuals within companies to take them out to lunch, take to meet them for coffee, and because so few people so few people ask those people out for lunch or coffee, they usually, a lot of times they'll, you'd be surprised who will accept a lunch meeting with you. And the reason that they can accept it is because so few, few people ask them. So if you do, if you find a company that you're passionate about, whether it's a startup or a corporate company, and then you find people within that organization, you express why you're passionate about what they do. You express that that's a field that you're looking to get into. A lot of people are going to take that meeting and you don't even have to ask for the job, but you're going to be on their radar if something opens up. And so that's certainly true for a startup. So taking initiative and asking to meet up with people before the job opening is even available is something that's really valuable that people don't take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I think especially now with LinkedIn that you can actually go and filter and and say, hey, I am looking for somebody who graduated from the University of Central Florida that works at this company and maybe were involved in the same student organization that you were, you have... If you can, I'm sure you're gonna be able to find them. I mean, depending on the size of the company, but if you can target and, and be more specific and reach out to them, I, I tell the students all the time the same thing: reach out. Um, what about internships with startups? Um, how how would they get involved, or how can they get involved? And because I feel like if I was a student and I wanted to work for a startup, I would just offer my time and volunteer as an intern, and then be able to create my job. Like add so much value that the startup is going to want to hire me. Yeah, so this is something that I've kind of struggled with bringing interns on in the past is that part of it's on me to have a better sort of structure of responsibilities for that person. But the other aspect is that it's difficult because a lot of times uh, they don't have the skills necessarily to do things. They're still learning, which there's nothing wrong with that. I think that the way that you get an internship with a startup is if you can say what skills you bring to the table versus versus and and passion a lot of passion for the company is really important because it's a really small team so you you've got to have people that actually are passionate about it and not just want an internship because if you're someone who just wants to kind of take from the company and not necessarily give then uh, that's going to be really frustrating for the the entrepreneur because he can't be he or she cannot be 
always training you on how to do stuff because you've just got very little time, very little resources in a startup. So you need everyone on that team, including interns, to be kind of hustling on their own and doing things. And that requires initiative. It requires having some skills to do those things or at least drive to kind of, uh, you know, make those connections and make things happen. But what's really impressive when I've had interns and this is not very many who have done this, but it's really impressive when they do is if when they, they go out of their way and do things without me telling them to do it. So it's like if somebody says, hey, um, if somebody is in a social media role, but then they went into a restaurant and talked to their owner and said and, and actually got them interested in getting them on the platform. That's not their role, but they just went out of their way to help the company grow. That's really impressive. And those are the people that you want to keep. No, that, that's some awesome advice. Um, I would love to dive into more about what your vision for your, the company is. Like, what do you see the company in the next five years? So, so Party Tutor is actually we're actually rebranding it to Zup, um, and, and that's happening in the in the next two months. And one of the reasons for that is it's evolved so much more than the party scene as it initially started. So we've got food, drinks, and all types of entertainment experiences. So it's all under one common theme, which is that our mission is to create experiences that bring people together. So it's really community focused. It is, you know, deals are a huge aspect of the product, but those deals give you permission and incentives and inspiration to go out and do stuff with friends. So instead of as a college student staying home and eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you might be able to get BOGO Huey Magoo's and you and your friend basically just paid four or five bucks for a meal. And that created a new interaction, a new moment. And that's what so much of the college experience is about is those, those moments with friends, those connections that you build, the memories that you create. And so we plan on scaling through the college markets, 30 to 40 colleges in the next three years, three to four years, and then expanding beyond that to cities as well. So, you know, similarly to how people choose credit cards typically based on the rewards that they can get, the cash back, the complimentary flights. Uh, And so a lot of times you're paying an annual membership for that. So why wouldn't there be a membership that gives you access to instant rewards at every bar, restaurant, and entertainment venue you go to in a city? So that's kind of what we're building. Anyone who goes out to eat, drink, or socialize with friends, which is probably 90 plus percent of America... There should be a membership that allows you to get the most out of your city, that gets the most out of your uh, your friendships, gives you inspiration for what to do. And, and so we're creating that platform um, that's allowing businesses to have extraordinary distribution and marketing, but also for consumers to just really be able to enjoy their time much more, you know, and, and spend their money more efficiently and ultimately just get it to a place where you can really enjoy going out, make the right decisions based on based on price, based on uh, taste and mood at the moment. And so we're building a product around those things. So I am not, so I do not live by UCF. And so I don't, I'm not, I would be honest with you, I'm not a college student, but I, I'm not a member of, of Party Tutor. But sometimes I wish I would because I see that you have some really great deals. But why do you think your app is so successful right now in UCF? So it's it's it took it's taken a while for people to get over the barrier that it is a paid membership, and I get that. You know, it's it's there's a lot of uh, you know it's a commitment to put your credit card in, and it's like, do, can I trust this? Pro- it's all about trust. That's what sales is all about, and it's no different for the subscription model. So students are are. Are, are paying because they're they're trusting us that we are going to enhance their college experience in a way that's valued at more than five dollars per month, 
And so we've just really honed in, I think, on what college students love, and that's, of course, great deals and uh, access to the best events and, and things to do around campus. And so we're always, we're always driving, uh, you know, we're always optimizing for coming up with greater deals. And, and we also are trying to create content around things to make it more fun to go out, to not just get a free taco, but to do it on National Taco Day and have a theme around it and, and partner up with Coldstone, who has ice cream tacos, and to actually give those away for free. And so we've just got a really fun, unique model that allows us to really offer different types of experiences that were never before possible through the subscription model. And I think it's just really, I think the business model is just re- really unique in the way that it allows us to add value to students like never before. And so... I follow the app. I mean, I follow the Instagram, and I and I follow the app. And so I see students are paying five dollars. But what's their value proposition? I know you mentioned they would get free stuff. Is it quantifiable to say how much how much is it, is this really worth, or how much is this saving saving the students? I think it's you know you've got to obviously it, it is more tangible of quote unquote is it worth it than most subscription models because you can pretty clearly see how much you've saved. But I also think there's some intrinsic value in those relationships that are created. So maybe even if you don't use a deal in a month, you paid $5, but the next month you use a few. But what are those relationships worth too? Those moments that you had of going to lunch with a friend, getting BOGO, you know, I think that that's a really important metric. I actually, I just went to uh, an event called the Dinner Party Project recently, which is a a gathering of of seven to eight strangers around a dinner table. And it's $80 and it's an amazing event. But, you know, the food is, it, it shouldn't be $80, but the conversation is hard to put a price on. And so we're trying to also optimize for that. How do we create what I call inspired interactions, which are structured experiences that inspire people to interact with one another. And we haven't, uh, we haven't really dove into that with Party Tutor yet, but we're going to become more and more intentional on throwing events and experiences that intentionally connect people, even if you don't know that other person. So, you know, Dinner Party Projects is a great example of inspired interactions because there's a guest host and they are creating asking questions and creating conversations and then all these strangers are connecting on a really deep level like like you don't normally do with strangers in your city. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons that Top Golf has become so popular. They've got this structured experience of hitting a ball and playing a game that creates all this dynamic conversation and inter- interaction among friends and that's what entertainment venues are now having to compete on. They need to be helping you have a really good time besides you just going to a bar and you, you then being forced to create conversation and interaction. No, oh, wow, that makes perfect sense. It's things that I've never realized, but it seemed like every corporate event that I went to when I was in, working in a corporate was at Top Golf, and um, it wow, very very interesting. So you you share a lot a lot in the podcast so far. Is there any question that you wish I would have asked you that I might have missed? Uh, so I think I think the most important thing to think about when making sure you get the right job or making sure you go down the right career path that most people miss is having finding meaning in your work because a lot of it by default and this is what I thought I thought that I wanted to do engineering when I first started at UCF because that was the highest paying job and so that's the easiest decision for me to make it's like what should I do with my life well 
money sounds nice. So what's the highest paying job? Engineering. Great. I'll do that. And then I went to orientation at UCF, saw the snake chart of math classes, and quickly took what they called the walk of shame and switched over to the biz- school of business. So it takes some people a few years to do that. I fa- found it, figured it out on the first day. But uh, meaning is just so important because when I started my business uh, in college and pursued it, once I had graduated, I found a lot less purpose in what I was doing when it was a college bars app mostly, and I was out of the scene. And so I didn't really find it to be very, very purposeful or meaningful. I wasn't solving my own problem anymore. I wasn't um, really even a user of the product anymore. And so I actually drove home to Clearwater and, and, and actually planned on shutting down the business in 2013, the year after I graduated. And something my dad said was, instead of throwing something away you've worked so hard to build, why not try to use it for something positive? And that shifted my perspective to saying, okay, this is an influential pat- platform. There's probably a way I can use that influence for something good. And af- after that, uh, it's always been sort of evolving into you know the current mission and the vision that we have for it. And that's what drives me. That's what keeps me going. But I was very lost when I didn't have that meaning and when it was just about money. So whatever it is that you do, take less money if you have to, but do something that you find meaning in, that you're passionate about. Uh, meaning drives passion. If, you're, if, if your work is meaningful, the passion comes. People say pursue your passion. Um, pursue what you're really good at. You know, Find what you're good at talent-wise and s- steward that talent in a way where you're doing something that's meaningful too, and you, you're going to really love your life. I talk about that, um, about finding what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and where it intersects, because I could be very passionate about basketball, but I'm not really good at basketball, or I'm not tall enough for basketball, so I'll never make the NBA, so that necessarily might not be my dream job, but maybe coaching basketball would be my dream job, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one last question. We've talked for about 30 minutes now. You've given so much, so much great advice to college students. But if they could only remember one thing, what would that be? I think, I think uh, you know, one thing that maybe I haven't touched on, I think the meaning thing is big, but also to not uh, limit yourself in what you think you're capable of. So I think that something that set me apart from other college students as far as pursuing a business being able to pursue it after college and continuing to grow it up until this day and moving forward is that I've got I've I've developed the ability to dream big and to hold back my potential you know those voices in my head that says that you can't do it so I've been I've been really I think that's one of my biggest skills is been not listening to the voices that say that you can't do it and I don't think that I'm any smarter than anyone. I didn't, you know, have any great GPA or even, you know, I was even pretty lazy, I feel like, a lot in my first two years. So I didn't even have much ambition. But it was really once I started to realize that, that I wanted to not uh, – I wanted to su- su- suspend disbelief about what was possible. And I gave myself permission to dream big. And that opened so many doors. So I think, you know, anyone that's listening, you're capable of more than what you think you're capable of. So don't hold, your, hold yourself back. Be careful about those voices in your head that are telling you that you can't do it or that it's too hard. Um, you can do it, you know. Whatever it is that your dream is, you can pursue it. And, um, and I think that that's, that's just something that, that people let go of too easily. Man, that that is so awesome. I'm, I'm so excited to be able to publish this podcast out and have students listen to it because I've learned a lot. There's a lot that I wish I would have listened to. I would have heard this podcast when I was a college student. 
but one thing I would say is, is guys, um, definitely follow him. I'll, Brent, I'll put his uh, LinkedIn uh, on the show notes as well as Party Tutor. His business is. I really think I need to get a membership myself because I'm, I'm by UCF a lot. D- definitely take advantage of those BOGOs and love the idea that it's, n- it's more than just a place where I can get discounts, but it's about the intangibles, the human connection and be able to create new experiences with friends or even meet new people. So I can't thank you enough for being a part of this podcast and I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing um, where you do in the next you know five years because I know it's going to be amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you from the bottom of my heart from taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to this episode. I truly hope that you loved it as much as I enjoyed making and creating this content for you. My goal is to provide content that's going to help you master college and land your dream job. So if this helped you and if you know someone that should listen to this podcast, please, please share it with them. Nothing will make me happier than to see this podcast grow and make this community bigger so that we can help every student be able to graduate with their dream job. And I hope to see you guys in the next episode.